0: Visit openbiblenj.org for more information. Thanks again for joining us today. Now enjoy the service.
1: Hey, good morning, folks. Pastor here. I want to thank you once again for welcoming me into your home. And I hope that you've had a great week. Uh, I know that uh, I have. I'm thankful for it. Um, I hope that uh, things are starting to get back to a little bit of a rhythm in your life. And um, as things are starting to ease on those restrictions, and um, I would just like to invite all those who are on um, online ministry who've never uh, maybe uh, visited Open Bible, that uh, I'd like to extend a personal invitation to you, and to be able to come and worship with us together. Uh, for some reason you can't because you're too far away. Thank you for uh, tuning in, and thank you for being uh, with us here. Uh, at open Bible online. I'd like you to take your Bibles, gather your family around, get your favorite drink if you would and let's open up the word of God to Matthew chapter 26, Matthew chapter 26 in verse 69 through 75. Uh, this morning I'm going to be preaching to you on the topic three times denied three times denied Matthew chapter 26 verses 69 through 75. The Bible says, Now Peter sat without in the palace, and a damsel came unto him, saying, Thou also was with Jesus of Galilee. But he denied before them all, saying, I know not what thou sayest. And when he was gone out into the porch, another maid saw him and said unto them that were there, this fellow was also with Jesus of Nazareth. And again he denied with an oath, I do not know the man. And after a while came unto him they that stood by the door and said to Peter, Surely Thou also art one of them, for thy speech berayeth or betrayeth thee. Then began he to curse and to swear, saying, I know not the man. And immediately the cock crew, and Peter remembered the word of Jesus, which was said unto him, Before the cock crow, thou shalt deny me thrice. And he went out and wept bitterly. Let's pray. Father in heaven, I thank you for the opportunity to be able to open up your word once again. And Lord, I pray that if there are those that are watching or listening, uh, however they're consuming this message, I pray, Lord, that uh, if they do not know you, that they would come to know you as their own personal Savior. Lord, I would also ask that you would be with a Christian. I pray that we would be encouraged today. Our hearts would be challenged. Father, I ask that as your word goes forth, I claim the promise that it will not return void. Lord, I pray that you clear my heart and my mind of anything, and I pray, Lord, that I would be able to preach with the filling of your precious Holy Spirit. We love you today. In Jesus' name, amen. Have you ever had an issue that's hanging over your head? You know, it's one thing if you have an issue that's hanging over your head. It's with somebody that that's ah, more like an acquaintance or... You know, a, a distant connection. And there's no real, I don't know, no real serious connection there. You, you can almost live with that. You don't like it, but you can almost live like that. But when you have an issue that hangs over your head with somebody that you love, that you care about, it's hard to live with joy and peace. Knowing many times that no matter how many times you've said that you are sorry or that... You've asked for forgiveness, or you tried to make the situ- situation right. There's still something that that person has against you. You know, they, they haven't totally forgiven you or whatever. There's just that tension there. You know what I'm talking about? To not be totally in the clear, it, it's, it's tough to live that way. You know, one of the greatest gifts that anybody could ever receive is complete forgiveness. To know that all is truly right between you and that one that you love, you know, that brings freedom. That that brings enjoyment. That means, hey man, we're on the right path, we're 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 working this thing out, it's great, our relationship's back the way it should be, our fellowship is sweet. You know, that's a that's a wonderful thing. You know, but to be forgiven of sins is the greatest gift. God has ever offered to humanity? Do you know whether you realize it or not that there's an issue that you have hanging over your head? And that's the issue that you and I, we've sinned against a holy God. And you know, religion has tried to fix that for many years. If you do this, if you do that, you can appease God. And that's not what all scripture says. Scripture doesn't talk about appeasing God that way. Scripture talks to us about how God has offered humanity forgiveness through the person and work of the Lord Jesus Christ. This morning in this section of Scripture, we see the depths of Peter and his sin the, and and the forgiveness that Jesus offers to Peter. You know, Peter has been known as the founder of the church by some religions and, and uh He's uh, he's lauded as, uh, in, in, in the Catholic religion as the first pope. So in some respects, he was highly esteemed. And though we don't see things that way, we, we see that Peter was a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ, and he was used greatly. But can I tell you, Peter fell hard and he fell deeply. I don't know of another believer in the Lord Jesus Christ in Scripture that fell so hard and so low as Peter did. And with this in mind, the fall of Peter, as great a, a Christian as he was, I, I wanna show you that there's hope. That no matter how far you or I have fallen, there's still hope. See, what I want you to understand is that the, the depth of your fall does not determine the level of your restoration. The Bible is a wonderful book because it puts on full display for us the sin of Peter. And I believe that this can actually be an encouragement to us to know that there is forgiveness and that there's restoration. And that this restoration is greater than our fall. I want you to look with me and see the details of Peter's fall and also the forgiveness that he receives. You know, friends, there are times when we all sin, and sometimes we sin greatly. But I want you to understand this morning. I want you to understand the progression of how we fall, and then the restoration that's available to all. I want you to take a look first at the first step in the progression. We see this in Peter's life. The first thing is, the reason that we fall and the progression that, that is seen here is you have pride in your spiritual standing. You know, many times we hear from the world that, oh, they, they, those Christians, they just think that we're, they're better than us. You know, I, I would like to believe that Christians don't think that way, but you know, sometimes the way we act, that does come across we we'll look down on people we won't accept people and sometimes this pride in our spiritual standing leads us to our fall i want you to turn back to matthew chapter 26 verse 33 my question for you today is what happened to the peter in the upper room take a look at matthew chapter 26 verse 33 Peter then answered and said unto him, Though all men should be offended because of thee, yet I never, yet will I never be offended, Peter says. Man, this, this guy here, I mean, Peter's pretty strong here. He's, he's feeling uh, pretty secure in his spiritual standing. But I want you to think about something. Who would have the audacity to say to the one who always speaks the truth? Jesus always spoke the truth. Who would have the audacity to say to the one who always speaks the truth, you're wrong? My contention is that obviously it was a guy with a huge ego and a pride issue. Where is this guy now? Where is this guy when Jesus was led off to the judgment hall? Take a look at verses 69 and and 70. This guy that was so secure in his standing, so secure in his, his spiritual uh, life. Take a look here. Matthew chapter 26, verses 69 and 70. Now Peter sat without in the palace, and a damsel came unto him, saying, Thou also was with Jesus of Galilee. But he denied before them all, saying, I know not what thou sayest. You know what Peter's saying? I don't know what you're talking about, lady. See, Peter was proud of his spiritual standing. Think about it. He was one of the inner circle. He, he was the one that went, was on the mountain of transfiguration. He was the spokesman of the group. And for all intents and purposes, he was the leader if Jesus wasn't around. Remember after the death of Jesus, what, what Peter said? He said, I'm going fishing. And you know what the, the other sub said? Hey, we're going with you. Peter was a leader. On Thursday evening, Peter pledged his loyalty to Christ. And then by Friday at 1 a.m., Peter's denying Christ. See, sometimes it's our spiritual standing. We have pride in our spiritual standing that causes us to fall. It was his pride that caused him to sin and to sin greatly when confronted with making the choice to stand up for Christ. Proverbs 16, 18 reads this way, Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. You know, Peter lived this out. The problem with Peter is the same problem with us. Peter, in this instance of pledging his loyalty to Christ, should have been asking the Lord for help that he would not forsake him. Peter should have been asking for prayer that it would not come to pass that he would deny the Lord, but instead, Peter became prideful. See, my friends, this morning, if you're looking down on Peter right now, you've just committed the same sin that Peter committed the sin of pride. When I was reading those things and talking about Peter, you might be saying, I can't believe that that Peter would contradict Jesus. I can't believe that, that Peter would be so prideful toward our Lord. See, what you're doing when you think like that is to think much more highly of yourself than you ought. Romans 12:3 says, For I say through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. See, it's pride in your spiritual standing that will cause you to fall and to fall greatly. Secondly, your indifference to spiritual matters. Go back to Matthew chapter 26, verses 36 through 38. Your indifference to spiritual matters. Then cometh Jesus with them unto the place called Gethsemane, and saith unto his disciples, Sit ye here while I go uh, and pray a yonder. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, and began to be sorrowful and very heavy. Then saith he unto them, My soul is exceeding sorrowful even unto death. Tarry ye here and watch with me. Jesus was now in the garden, went to pray, and he took his inner circle, Peter and James and John, and he asked them to pray. You know what they did instead of praying? They slept. See, they were indifferent towards spiritual matters, they didn't see the need to pray. See, when you're prideful in your spiritual position, you become indifferent to spiritual matters. What happens after that is you start to rely upon your own strength. See, prayer is us recognizing that we have to rely upon God's strength. But when we're prayerless, we realize that we are actually relying upon our own strength. This is what happened to Peter. Take a look at verse 51 of Matthew chapter 26. And behold, one of them which were with Jesus stretched out his hand and drew a sword and struck a servant of the high priests and smote off his ear. See, that was Peter. He was prayerless, and so he figured he was going to deliver Jesus his own way, and he started to rely upon his own strength. See, indifference in spiritual matters leads us to impulsiveness in physical matters. Take a look back at our text, verses 71 and 72, And when he was gone out into the porch, another maid saw him and said unto them that were were there, this fellow was also with Jesus of Nazareth. And again, he denied with an oath, I do not know the man. Peter now denies with an oath. He's now even taking a stronger stand. He's depending upon his own inner fortitude to be able to prove to these people that he does not even know Christ Say, what's an oath, Pastor? Well, it's a solemn promise, and it's usually invoking a divine witness. Peter was basically saying, I'm telling you the truth before God that I do not know the man. It's when many times you'll go into a courtroom and uh, they'll have somebody put their hand on the Bible and say, I solemnly swear to tell the truth, the whole truth. So help me God. Okay, that's the divine witness. It's because of his spiritual indifference it led him to be impulsive to care for his own well-being instead of allowing God to care for him. He was trying to protect his own head, his own life, by denying Christ. See, Peter's actions really foretell what each of us will do in our lives over and over again if we let our pride get in the way. See, when we become indifferent to spiritual matters, we get impulsive and end up falling into sin. See, your pride, your indifference, your impulsiveness will cause you to fall, which will lead you to your total collapse as a believer. Number three, your total collapse as a believer. Take a look at Matthew chapter 26, verses 73 through 74. And after a while came unto him they that stood by and said to Peter, Surely thou also art one of them. For thy speech betrayeth or berayeth thee. Then began he to curse and to swear, saying, I know not the man, and immediately the cock crew. Friends, Peter was so unprepared spiritually that he totally collapsed. The Bible says that there were those who were identifying people, uh, Peter as one who was with Christ, who knew Christ because of his accent. It said, For thy speech betrayeth thee. It was almost like this. If I were to say, park the car in the Harvard yard, you wouldn't say that I'm from Georgia. Or go pick up the quarter. You'd say, probably, that guy sounds like he's from uh, maybe uh, Boston. Yeah. Or if I say, hey, y'all, what's going on? You wouldn't say to me that he's from Boston. No, you'd probably say that he's from like Mississippi. It was his accent that betrayed him. See, then Peter goes into a fit and starts to curse and to swear. And It's not that Peter was using foul language. No, not at all. That's not what these words mean. It says that Peter was bringing divine judgment upon himself. It's to call down a curse. He was basically saying to these people, if I'm lying, God punish me, God damn me whoa then he swore he was taking an oath he was maintaining that he does not know Jesus Peter's sin had increasingly gotten worse it took him to the total denial of Jesus Christ he lost all fear of God from a single lie he went all the way to God damning him if he was lying he totally collapsed See, your pride, my pride, indifference, impulsiveness will lead us to a total collapse as believers. But there's hope. See, this portion of Scripture really disproves all the claims that state a Christian who has sinned exceedingly and greatly cannot be used in a powerful way for God. It totally dismantles the claim that states that Those Christians who have sinned exceedingly cannot be used greatly. There's hope. You say, where's the hope? Take a look at verse 75. You repent before God. Matthew chapter 26 and verse 75. This is where the hope's at. And Peter remembered the words of Jesus which said unto him, Before the cock crow thou shalt deny me thrice. And he went out and wept bitterly. I want you to think about Peter for a moment, the real Peter, the true Peter. I believe that Peter really loved the Lord. Yes, he initially fled when all the other disciples fled in the garden, just like the Lord said they would all do, and they did. They forsook the Lord there. But Peter did end up following the Lord, though he followed him afar off. See, I believe the true Peter was not in his denial, but the true Peter was in his repentance. See, that's the difference between Judas and Peter. Both were traitors. Both denied the Lord. Both forsook the Lord. But Judas went out and hung himself. He was sad that he did it, but he didn't repent. Peter went out and wept bitterly in repentance both sinned one repented and was restored while the other one was damned the bible says that peter went out and i believe that when he went out he went out and repented the bible doesn't say where he went or or what he said but it does say that he went wept bitterly it says that that basically means that he wept audibly is to sob loudly he was so moved to his core about what he had done against christ but what I want you to understand is is that it was not a sin that made him repent. Did you get that? Sin does not make you repent. It wasn't a sin that made him repent. Sin just makes us sob. Sin just leads us into more sin. Peter re- pented when he remembered the words of Jesus and Jesus looked on him. Luke chapter 22, verses 60 through 62 says, and Peter said, man, I know not what thou sayest. And immediately while he yet spoke, the cock grew. And the Lord turned and looked upon Peter and Peter remembered, look at this, Peter remembered the word of the Lord, how he said unto him before the cock crow, thou shalt deny me thrice. And Peter went out and wept bitterly. It's when he looked at the Lord And he remembered his words. See, the point is, when we see what kind of Savior we've sinned against, that leads us to repentance. It's when we see Jesus, the one who died for us. It's when we see Jesus, the one who took the cross for us. It's when we see Jesus, the one who was beaten for us, the one who wore the crown of thorns for us, the one who went through the total wrath of God for us. That's what leads us to repentance. Repentance. It is our sin. It's in our sin that Jesus meets us and forgives us. See, Jesus is meek and humble and gentle. He didn't look at Peter that night and said, I told you so! He just looked at Peter with tender eyes. See, Jesus is not trigger happy, He's not harsh, He's not reactionary, He's not easily exasperated. Friends, the most natural posture of Jesus is not a pointed finger, but open arms. See, what happens to us that without realizing it, we quietly assume that one so high and exalted has difficulty drawing near to the despicable and unclean. I want you to remember something, that when Christ the clean one touched the unclean sinner. Jesus did not become unclean. The sinner became clean. One man said it this way, the point is that Jesus deals gently and only gently with all sinners who come to him, irrespective of their particular offense and just how heinous it is. What elicits tenderness from Jesus is not the severity of the sin, But whether the sinner comes to him, whatever our offense, he deals gently with us. When we sin, we're encouraged to bring our mess to Jesus because he will know just how to receive us. He doesn't handle us roughly. See, friend, if you don't know Christ, your personal Savior, if you've never asked Jesus to forgive you of your sins, he's not pointing his finger at you. He has open arms. He wants to receive you. You know, it's as simple as realizing that you're a sinner and accepting the fact, believing what the Bible says about you and about Jesus. Believing that the Bible says that you're a sinner and that Jesus is the Savior and that he died on the cross for your sins and that he rose again according to the scriptures on the third day you just have to put your trust in that. You can't trust in what a religious leader has to say. You cannot trust in what the church has to say. You cannot trust in what another person has to say. You've got to trust in what the Bible says and trust in the person and work of the Lord Jesus Christ. Realizing that you're a sinner, asking him to forgive your sins, realizing and trusting in the fact that Jesus is the only way to heaven, and putting your faith and trust in You can do that today. Right there in your own living room. Maybe you're sitting in your car watching this. Maybe you're at a park watching this. I don't know where you're watching this. But you can say, Dear Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner. I know that because that's what your word says. The Bible says for all have sinned. And I'm accepting the fact that your word is true and that I'm a sinner. And dear Jesus... According to your word, according to your Bible, I believe that you died on the cross for my sins and that you rose again three days later. I'm putting my faith in you. I'm trusting you for my eternal destiny. I'm asking you to forgive me of my sins and I want to live for you. You know, friend, it's not in that little prayer, even in those, necessarily those words, that starts a relationship with Christ. It's putting your faith in Christ, believing that he's the only way. But if you've done that, that means that you're a Christian. That means that you've accepted Christ as your personal Savior. In just a few minutes, I want to be able to help you in your journey with Christ. But for the Christian here today, you know, Peter fell greatly and he sinned extremely, but we do know that Jesus restored him. Jesus gave Peter hope. Peter ended up being one of the writers of scripture. In John chapter 21, the Bible tells us of the restoration of Peter. And how Jesus asked Peter three times if Peter loved Jesus. For three times the denial, Peter denied Jesus three times. For three times the denial, there was three times of affirming love for Peter. See, friends, I want to let you know, the depth of your fall does not determine the level of your restoration. You can still be used for Christ and be used in a great way for Christ. Have you drifted away from Christ today? Maybe you haven't fallen greatly, but your relationship's not where it should be. And you know that. Have you drifted away a little bit? It's just, you know, you're not praying like you should. I don't know. You just, you're not enjoying your Christian walk the way that you should. Maybe your heart has grown a little bit indifferent towards spiritual matters. Maybe it's your pride or fear of talking to others that you're not sharing the gospel of Christ. Friend, really, this message is a message of hope. And Jesus is just waiting for you to turn back to him. He will restore you. He desires to restore you. And remember, his posture towards you is not a pointing finger. It's open arms. Friend, if you've accepted Christ as your personal Savior today, I've got a Bible and a book that I'd like to send to you. If you would just fill out the electronic connection card and put your address in there, we will send you a brand new Bible and a book to be able to help you on your journey with Christ. I pray that you would do that. Let us know of your decision. We want to be encouraged by that. We pray every week that people will come to know Christ. And so would you take the moment, a few seconds it would take you just to be able to fill that out. We'd love to hear from you. God bless you, and happy Father's Day to all the dads out there. Have a great day.
0: Thanks again for watching us online today. If you haven't done so already, please fill out a digital connection card so we know how to better serve you this week. For encouragement throughout your week, you can listen to past sermons by searching Open Bible Baptist Church on the Apple Podcast or Google Play Store.